that like maybe one of the worst basic melee combos in video games. Listen, listen. I had a great memory of Golden Axe. Like I I I had this fond Oh, cool, Golden Axe. I, I'm excited to play this. I haven't played this in a really long time. I really liked it as a kid. Mm-hmm. I played it for like whatever, however long it takes to get to the final boss. And by the end of it, I was just, man, Golden Axe sucks. <laughs> it's really hard to go back to because I think at the time there was a lot about it that was really cool, but it just has not aged well. <laughs> no, Golden Axe is not a fun game to play today. <sighs> you know... I have no idea what's going on. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Retro Breakdown. I'm trying to think of, like, what has gone on in video games since we last recorded. And, um... Well, I have a question for you. Yeah, okay. If you were a fancy dessert, what would Uh you be? (laughs) Um, a fancy dessert. I guess any dessert. I I I was thinking, when I say fancy, I guess I was thinking, like, the showcase desserts that you see in Japan. But that's not really fair, because I don't actually know any of their names. Um, boy, is this the, is this the part where I go into the Shrek thing about having layers? If sure, if that's what your heart wants. I mean, like, this is a hard question to answer without it being like, what dessert do I like? Mm, True. Maybe it represents you. Maybe it's the colors or the feeling, the way it looks. Maybe the taste is terrible, but everything else fits. Mm, it's, it's mm. I don't know. I think that like. Probably something like a, probably like a, like a fruit tart. Okay, yeah. Because like. I love fruit tarts. Like a, yeah, yeah. Because it's one of those things where it's like, it's not really like specifically overly sweet. Because I, like, I tend to be really, I tend to be really like, uh, level with like praise. So I, I I don't like, Mm, I don't overly dole out praise to everything. So I can be like kind of sour in some ways kind of kind of bitter kind of tart but then like you know if you if you like stick with it and that's what you want then then it's like a really it's a really nice it's a really nice treat yeah yeah that's a great that's a great answer where did that come from i don't know you were you were struggling to think of what happened and that popped into my head i don't want to talk about switch sports for like the third week in a row because i haven't bought it but it is like the thing that's hanging out in my mind. And honestly, I ke- I've been watching like I've been watching um, gameplay of it because now people are people are playing it. Oh, and it's yeah. Out. Yeah. Nintendo's and... not like, hey, don't you dare put this on the Internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if anything, like, well, I mean, Nintendo is kind of always like that with streaming and stuff. And yeah, I guess anything. It's, it's it's still funny. To, I, I, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but the. uh yeah, I, I, I'm. It's weird because <laughs> I think that everything in the in Switch Sports looks good, and I'm super like unhyped for it now. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Like everything just look. I like. I don't know what I expected. It's but exactly it's like, what you expected. Now you don't want it. <laughs> typical video game fan <laughs> i guess i like i'll probably end up still buying it but i haven't bought it yet and i just i don't know i i don't know if it's because there's only six games or if three of those games involve hit thing over a net <laughs> or like i don't know the the like tennis and bowling are back and those are good but those have been in every Wii sports game so there's nothing new there badminton is new but it looks exactly the same as tennis 
like mechanically. Yeah, probably. Just um, like you just changed the way you have to play because it's floaty and stuff. Yeah, but it still is like your character moves to the spot and then you swing. And it, granted, there is a there is an aspect of this that is like when you are watching someone else play, you cannot really get a sense for how the mechanics work when it's actually in your hand. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a feeling of it that's missing that I think is probably that is probably interesting. This is hilarious because like the time that this podcast is going to come out it's is like a like, month after. Yeah, it's like three weeks from now. <laughs> so the idea that we're talking about like, I don't know, Switch Sports just came out and yeah, talking I, about news may not be a, a intelligent thing to do in terms of that's true. Current time. events. <laughs> hey, you know, there's a, there's a there's a River City game. Um I saw uh like Three Kingdoms I want to say. Yeah, Three Kingdoms. It looks it looks pretty rad. It does. It really does. It reminds me of um it's like the year of the beat em ups. Yeah, right? Or like it, the last few years I suppose in general. The uh the style of it reminds me of um it makes me think of the Mystical Ninja game on SNES. Yeah, hey, that's coming out too. What? The or not Mystical Ninja, Rocky and Pocky, excuse me. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah uh, you know what? Uh, those do sort of <laughs> occupy the same space in my brain, so I totally yeah. understand why you well, would like align it, them. Especially for me, Mystical Ninja, the Goemon is almost exclusively the sixty-four one for me. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, just that—that's what—that's what popped in. Man, I the Goemon uh, sixty-four game. I started playing. It was remember like last year I I had like the last half of the year was like, okay, people went crazy with the channel points that they'd accrued because I was sunsetting them and I lowered all the prices. So now I have like 60 or 70 things that I have to play for like as requests for other people. And most of them ended up being one stream. And that was one of them. And that was like it was one of the first ones that I played, if not the first game that I played. Yeah, it was right. It was right there. And like, I remember playing a little bit of it and being like, this is actually pretty, this is actually pretty dope. Like, this is pretty cool. I like this. And then just, it's genuinely a fun game. And then just, you know, six more months of requests went by and then Lost Judgment came out and it was like, well, never going back to that now. (laughs) But I'd still kind of like to. Yeah. One day, I think it'd be a fun one to, to, for us to do for the podcast because it's, it's a, it's a it's a really fun game. Yeah, yeah. And the ending is like what what happens towards the end is very much worth playing through the the game, even if it's like eh, I don't know. Yeah, the uh, the story in general, the way that whole thing plays out is is pretty. That's a lot. They they, <laughs> they go some places with it. Just in the first three or four hours that I saw. Yeah, I don't I don't remember a lot of the middle of the game it's the beginning and the ending for me that have stuck with me but that's kind of i feel like that's normal for a game that you beat during a rental yeah yeah that's fair um it's not one that i actually owned the um i the the thing that really got me is like i've been i'd seen like mystical ninja and goemon and like i know that was like an old 90s 80s 90s uh manga and anime series yeah i did not know until getting about two hours into the going on 64 game that it was in fact a gag manga with mechs <laughs> it's it's actually funny because i didn't really think about that at all because i didn't know that was like 
a thing when I played it at, you know, 11 or 12 or whatever. Sure. And when you were streaming it and people were talking about that, I was like, oh my God, yeah, that's that's what this is. <laughs> like, I, I didn't put the two together at all until you streamed it. So it was sort of that fun realization of, yeah, this is just some goofy stuff happening right now. Yeah, yeah. It's a historical, it's a historically based gag manga with mechs. <laughs> yep, yep. And it's like, oh, okay, I get it. I get why this is, I get why this series is so memorable now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't if I had been... A... I don't think I've seen anything else that does this quite like this. That's pretty <laughs> silly. <laughs> yeah, if I if I had been, like, a little bit older, probably, or if I had known some more, uh, I guess if I had been aware of things other than I just want to play a cool video game. Sure, it, yeah. That would have been the part that, like, you know, maybe that would have been what was stuck with me. Well, and also, like, growing up in a period of time where, like, video games had sections that just didn't connect to each other, and that was just fine. Yeah, it, made, it was normal, sure. You know, if you're playing a game and suddenly there's a vehicle section, it's like, okay, cool, there's a vehicle section. <laughs> yeah. When well, I wasn't in, thinking of, like... If you get into a mech or a plane or a helicopter or whatever and you start doing that, it's like, okay, we're doing this now, cool. There's this level. And and, and we, I had no, it, like, understanding of Japanese culture or shows right. or anything. I mean, I barely do now. <laughs> like, um, we like to pretend we do, but realistically, no. Yeah, like, like, sure, I, I, I know some things based on stuff that I've seen and watched and read, but it's still different than, you know, living actually it or actually like it. doing some, like, a, having a course or reading a, a book that talks about culture and history and things beyond right. what, what I learned in video games and anime. <laughs> That's it's like the like ultimate the, weeb. It's, it's the level of understanding of culture that, like anybody gets from watching another country's media yeah and paying attention to it with more of like like you actually care enough to like really understand what the characters are what the world around the characters is like as opposed to just the straight storyline of the of the show right it's it's the equivalent of someone being like i know what american culture is like because i watched friends yes yeah yeah actually because it's like you do kind of get a sense of like you know, there are some caricatures mm-hmm. of what our culture is like in there, and there is some truth to that, but it is also like, well, yeah, it's, it's, t- it's a, totally dated, B, yeah. very narrow, and C, you know, embellished for laughs. Well, and, and, and if you actually start thinking about what they do for a living and where they live and all that kind of mm-hmm. nonsense, it's, it gets it gets even more ridiculous. I mean, I guess she's like a Rachel is, I think her name's Rachel, the, uh, Jennifer Aniston, yeah. Jennifer Aniston. Um, I think she's rich or something. So like, it's okay that she lives there, but I thought that, I don't know. I don't really know the, the story of friends, but I, I don't, I do know that people kind of chuckle at the fact that she's like a waitress that has a very expensive uh, apartment. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if, this if that, is something that they normal. like, this is something they lampshade in, uh, like towards the end, in the very last episode of the series. Where they're like, oh, do they you know, really? like in in the uh, <laughs> the the last episode of every sitcom is like moving away, so they kind of <laughs> like turn the lights out on the set. Yeah, yeah, you know, and they lampshade the fact that like, oh, there were there were rent controls, so this place was a steal. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they drop the little line in there about like, yeah, this is why we were able to afford this, even though we've spent large portions of the series unemployed. It's fine. 
but yes, that is that is the understanding of Japanese culture that we possess. It's a yes. little more nuanced than that, I would think, but not much. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 born from the same place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're like, oh yeah, animes like this because their culture is like that, right? And it's right. like. Maybe to some extent, but like you're overgeneralizing from a very narrow standpoint. Yeah, like use that as use that as a platform, like a starting point, but don't use it as like your 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 cross to die on. Right, right. So since um since talking about oh yeah, we were talking about River City Underground or not sorry, three, Underground three is kingdoms. an earlier game, Three Kingdoms. Yeah, I don't know what to say about that other than like. River City Girls 2 is supposed to come out this summer, and now that game is coming out in, like, July? Oh. So... Oh, right, it's the same folks. Yeah, it's like... Maybe I, River City Girls isn't coming out until a bit later now? I don't know. It might be later in the summer, I guess, but it's still, like, a month or two apart. Dude, this year feels... this. The summer drought of, you know, the time of, of uh, Goemon, you know, the 64 and even the GameCube and all that stuff where, where there was not a lot of games coming out typically in the summer because they tried to revolve around the holiday season. This yes. year be damned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is there is something close to s- between right now. So I, 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 this is poor timing, I realize. But we'll just say June and July, there's like yeah. 10 games I'm actively interested in playing yeah 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 like same there's there's mario strikers sonic origins the mm-hmm. fire emblem game i want to play pocket and rocky but i'll probably wait for a a, a sale Mo- the monster hunter rise klonoa mm. river city saga might be interesting i don't know live alive oh Is yeah yeah chronicles 3 yep then 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 front missions in there somewhere yeah the ninja turtles collections in there somewhere um, the new Ninja Turtles game is coming out. The new Ninja Turtles will probably be. I'm guessing that's going to be Christmas or like around that time. It'd be weird to do both, but maybe I don't know. I don't man. know. They already have a. They already have a demo out. They have a demo. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's not something that everyone can play. It's been. Oh. It's like a. It's like an exclusive influencer beta. Oh, but like that. That makes me. That makes me very sad. Or <laughs> I'm not. I serious. don't know. You know what? Actually, no, I'm wrong. It hasn't oh. been sent out to influencers yet. They actually just, I think it was just IGN that just showed a, the original like, influencers. 10, it's like a 10 minute, uh, here's a taste of what you're going to get. Yeah, or okay. a gameplay trailer. And it shows the first two levels, but it's the first two levels. I'm not They're watching done. that. I, d- I just, I can't, I don't want to know. I'm going to just play it. I'm going to experience it. Yeah, that's there's, understandable. There's it's... seven Pirates 8 if you need a hentai game on your Switch. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> I suppose. Actually, I guess it's really not hentai, is it? What is the definition of, I guess, H is hentai. But oh, it, it changes. Pervert, it changes right? it kind per of person. Depends. I think it also depends on how you mean it as a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, do you mean it as the, like, hardcore stuff, or do you mean it as, like, kind of excessive fan service? Yeah, it's like, and, and within that, it's like, okay, so do you, like, do you have to see full frontal? Does right. that does that what is that what puts it over the line? Do you have to like do there have to be actual sexual acts that happen? Does it have to be like does it have to be the primary sexual act? Does there have to be like, you know, does there have to be a part? Oh, dear God. <laughs> Good Lord. 
Hello, everyone just... at home. Tom has sent me an image of this game. This was, this was just on a list of upcoming games, apparently, that Nintendo Life thought would uh might be interesting coming out. All right. Yep, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Seven Pirates H. Go Google it. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Nope. That's at the end. Hey, you know, you know, then there's games that I didn't even get to play yet that are already out, like Eastward. I really want to play that. Yeah, that keeps popping up on, like, my recommended list. And, oh, like, every time it does, I'm like, you're probably right. I probably would. I probably would like that. Yeah, and I think about playing it, then I'm like, nah. <laughs> I've got, I have way too many other things to play, and I, I bought I bought Wii Sports. I haven't played it yet. Yeah. Which, which, again, it's only been, like, three days, so it's not yeah. as extreme as that it's going to sound when you listen to this. <laughs> But two, actually, uh, dating two. the episode. Now oh, everyone yeah. knows exactly how early we're uh, <laughs> we're recording episodes way in advance because uh, Tom is going to be not here for a couple of weeks. So after this episode, there is a decent chance you'll be getting a guest host. And I haven't decided who that is yet. You should just talk to yourself in different voices. I mean, I could I could do a solo. Just like I could try it. Just chat. But that would be sad because then it'd be like, oh, I, you know, I have no friends and couldn't line up a guest host. God, now you're setting yourself up to be sad because <laughs> now the, the stars won't align and nothing will work out. Yep. Well, I mean, if nothing else, I can get Jesse to do it. Oh, yeah, that's true. You, so, you, like, you, have, you have a solid backup plan. <laughs> not like I don't want to refer to Jesse as a backup plan. Yeah, I know. That's why I said it. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, you know. We might end up having to do two episodes and I don't want to have to, I don't want her to have to do both, but I also like would like to have some variety. If we have an opportunity to do guest hosts, we should get different people. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's great. But I mean, that's, that's a problem for several weeks from now. Me, not right now. Me <laughs> right now. Me is still, uh, is still talking about, uh, how we dated the episode by talking about how we sports, uh, uh switch sports, came out two days ago and uh this episode's coming out in like two and a half weeks uh you know because i'm just gonna let everyone peer behind the curtain there yeah hey you know whatever this podcast is a mess it is it's a total mess i'm a i am a complete disaster right now but thank you for recording with with me regardless you you know the the there is an amiibo that came out to date this episode further uh on friday i heard you could i heard you could use it without taking it out of the package yeah, I guess they got rid of the little diskies on the bottom. I don't know. There used to be like some like some uh, blocker thingy that would yeah, like you a yeah. Scan it. Which so I, I guess like makes sense because then you could like scan the data in, but then I don't know, take it back to the store or something. I feel like that's just Nintendo. But at the same like time, Nintendo it move. also means you have to take it out of the box to use it. Yeah, which when, pisses like, some people off for sure. Like, I am not even one for, like, preservation of, like, I, I don't care about leaving things in their boxes for preservation. It's like, if I have it, it's going to go on the shelf and it's going to come out of the box. And I'm not, I don't care if it's sealed or whatever. Like, I'm, you know, I, that's not really a thing that I care much about. Yeah. Um, But even I was like, hey, it'd be cool if I could get that amiibo to work by just, like, hovering the box over the, over the, uh the RFC or whatever. Uh, yeah. Pad. Well, so, so I, so I most, I would say 95% of my amiibos are out of their box, 
There's a few that I kept in the box, not because I'm worried about their value or anything, but because the box itself looks cool, because it was like a, like some of the Fire Emblem Amiibos, they, like, so basically all of the Smash Amiibos have one style of cardboard backing, and yeah. then all of the Amiibos from the different series have different images on the their cardboard. Yeah. And so some of them look cool, so I kept them in the boxes, which then made it impossible to play with. So Lachise, being the crafty person she is, she used like a, a sharp knife, like an X-Acto knife, to cut mm -hmm. the, the bottom of the plastic just so that it could kind of fold open you could take the amiibo out scan it do whatever you want with it then put it back in there and then no you're none the wiser when it's sitting on the shelf so i was like oh, yeah, that's, that's really cool. cool that's very that is very resourceful yeah i would have just been like oh well i guess i'll rip it out of the box yeah yeah me too absolutely <laughs> i'd have been like there's no way around this <laughs> it's impossible it's impossible this problem cannot be solved. To be fair, it probably is above my pay grade when it comes to doing things like that. I mean, yeah, I I'm not the I'm not the craftiest person. Oh, Jesse oh. does all the home repairs. <laughs> she really does. She like if something requires tools, like she is like she is like sleeves rolled up, tool belt on, and I'm just like, all right, what are we doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of. Uh... I'm not really useful in, in the crafty area or, or home improvement area. I can put together like some Ikea shelves. Sure. No problem. Or if someone's directing me, I can do the stuff. Yeah. I, I don't have, I'm, but I'm not the, we, we had one of the, um, uh, what are they called? Uh, what are the things you put like essential oils at diffuser? Oh yeah. And yeah. Yeah. It was a cheap one, like maybe 20 bucks and it wasn't working. I was like, Oh, it's okay. We've had it for a couple of years. We can just throw it out and buy a new one. And, Leticia was like, well, I'm just going to fix it because the I think the part that's broken is going to be a couple of cents. And sure enough, she bought a little fan thingy and another little thingy. It was like three dollars shipped through Amazon and she took it apart and fixed it. I was, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that's fantastic. And it's yeah. still working. That was like three years ago. So it ended up working for another basically doubled its lifespan. Let me I mean, like. I have a I have a, a similar story of like, oh, no, this is going to cost a lot of money. And then it ends up being something dumb. Yeah. Although in this case, it doesn't sound like it was something silly and, and dumb. It sounds like, you know, it sounds like Leticia was just like on top of it and mm -hmm. knew what she was doing and just handled a situation <laughs> yeah. intelligently. Pretty, pretty but much. But the other day when Jesse went out to uh, run her usual uh, errands, you know, go to the store, get the mail, so on and so forth. Um, mm -hmm. She left the house and uh, and the garage door wasn't closing. And she was like, hey, it opened and she uh, and she she hit the button on the garage door opener in the opener in the car. She hit the button and it opened just fine. And then she, you know, pulled out of the garage and hit it again to close it and it wouldn't close. And she was like, oh, it's stuck. And then mm. she called me down because she was going and I was still here. She's like, hey, I'm I'm heading out. Can you uh, can you close the garage door or figure out why it's not closing? Because it's not closing for me. And I was like, sure, I'll go down and look at it. And so I hit the button a couple times and it, sure enough, it didn't it, you know, it didn't open. It clicked a couple times like it was caught on something or like something was like in the way. You know, it's got that little sensor at the bottom where it's like if something is in the way of the of the little like infrared laser sensor, it'll it'll not close. So it doesn't crush people in half. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, oh, maybe it's not connecting down there. Maybe it's, you know, whatever. So I checked those. It wasn't anything. So I was like, you know what? For now, I'm just going to like I'm just going to grab the rope and manually close it just so that it's shut. And then I'll yeah. just 
keep you know messing with it because it's got to you know we got to shut the actual door so like stuff can't get in or folks or whatever yeah or weather weather i think it was raining so you know i was like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna grab the rope and pull it shut manually and then continue to troubleshoot it just so that it's closed and like in doing so you know i went back and i closed the i closed the door and i was like okay well let's see if it opens and the the mechanism the automatic mechanism starts running but it's not taking the door with it and i'm like oh no i broke it <laughs> oops oh god what have i done oh geez it's it, like it's going now and it's running but it's not taking the door with it something's wrong and uh, i spent probably 10 to 15 minutes like just opening and closing and and moving the rope back and forth and trying to figure out what i did wrong before realizing that there's just a lock that comes down when you pull the rope and it just if you pull it then it unlocks the the uh it unlocks the door from the automatic mechanism so you can just manually pull it up and down yeah so if there's like a power outage or something yeah. like that and uh, all i had to do was just push the switch back up <laughs> yeah. and then it just started yep. working again yeah I've, and that I've, took me like 20 to 30 minutes and i was on the phone with jesse and we were talking about if we had to if we needed to like <laughs> call a call a garage door you know like fixer or whatever whatever you would even call those people there are people who just specifically work on garage doors i was like oh no we're gonna need someone to fix it Mm -hmm. it's literally just like no you just this would have been the instance where you pay someone a hundred dollars to be like you didn't plug it in (laughs) like it was really close to that moment So that's about my level of, uh, that's about my level of handiness. Yeah. The most handy thing I've done on my own, cause I actually had to do something that you're talking about with the garage when we would lose power out at my mom's and, uh, we'd have to get the generator going and stuff. So we had to yeah. flip the little switchy thing to, you know, change which way it would, how it was working. So I did, I, I have done that before, uh, surprisingly enough, which is it's pretty rare for me to have done a, 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 a handy thing. The only, the only thing I think I've ever done like that was when a TV stopped working and I don't know what made me think of it, but I was like, maybe it's a capacitor as if I even know what I'm talking about. And I Googled, <laughs> I, I Googled that model of TV and there was a video of, Hey, replacing the capacitors. And I was like, Oh, uh-huh, okay. So I, I bought a pack of them on Amazon for like 20 bucks and opened up the TV because it was going to go in the trash anyway. So I was like, sure. whatever, if I, if I completely destroy the TV, the worst that happens is I've destroyed a broken TV. And yeah, it was going to be thrown out anyway. So like it, it's either thrown out or it's thrown out. Correct. Yep. And well, and I will say the was there with me. So it's not even like I did this on my own completely. So I can't even sure. take the credit, but that's what it was. We, 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 we soldered in a, a different capacitor took the old the crappy one out and it's been working for the another five years or so (laughs) that's pretty actually that's actually incredible yeah i was i was blown away because the tv i thought for sure the tv was done this tv was the first flat screen tv i bought it when so i didn't we didn't have a a flat screen tv and i didn't have a ps3 and metal gear solid 3 was coming out and or Mm. excuse me metal gear solid 4 was coming out and obviously I needed to have, I needed to experience in all of its glory. So I bought a uh, 1080p TV and all this stuff. So this is like 2008 yeah. and the TVs, it was dead, like not working anymore around f- six, maybe it was closer to six years ago now. I'm not sure. I don't remember. Fixed it and it's still going. That's, that's kind of impressive. That's pretty good. That's, that's legitimately impressive. 
I, I have no idea what made me think capacitor though. It, it was it was one of those weird moments where I think it was just divine intervention because I don't have a clue about any sort of electrical engineering. I I mean, like, there's only so many components, and that's the one you hear about the most. That's the word I knew, so that's what yeah. I just said. I'm actually that's. Probably it sounds like what you did was. like no diagnostics on it whatsoever. <laughs> you a just problem. replaced a part that looked like it was bad, and it worked out. <laughs> Which yeah. is ridiculous and also like potentially dangerous. Yeah, I know it really is. Like it just catches on fire because you do it wrong. It's the wrong part. Who knows? I mean, like TVs are really high voltage things. <laughs> I think they're, the I think ones. now that the flat screens are less though, less so than like CRTs were. Yeah. CRTs had like a heavy shock warning. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. You're not ever supposed to, you know, break those. And if you do be very careful. But I think I think uh, flat screens are probably a little bit safer. But like, I don't know. I've never broken one open and soldered a capacitor to it. <laughs> so I can't really speak to that. That's actually like I, that's you were like, oh, yeah, this is the most like crafty repairman thing that I've ever done. And then you like you actually pulled a really impressive story after my story was like, I thought I broke the garage door, but it was just a it was a function. <laughs> I so I it's a little it's a little crafty. I'll, I'll give myself that credit. It's pretty good. I mean, it's like, <laughs> but, but I then... built my computer back in like 2017. Yeah, and like it's still going. But I also just had my brother, who just builds computers all the time for fun, basically telling me what to do step by step. So <laughs> yeah, I, I quote unquote built my computer. But I I bought the parts and then took it to my friend Andrew's house, who was who was like, yeah, let's, this is just what we do. It's like, OK, yeah. yeah, I totally I totally built this. I did it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did it with my hands, but I did it with like direct step by step instructions over my yeah. shoulder. I will say putting together a computer is surprisingly simple. One, if you have the parts, like if you the, the hardest part is picking is. out the parts, actually yeah. snapping it all into the case is pretty freaking easy. Yeah, it's it's way simpler than you would think it would be. Yeah, I thought it was. Um, I still be don't want to do it again. Yeah, I need to. Mine nine years old now, so it's it's time to buy a new computer. Yeah, I've been. Uh, Jesse needs an upgrade more than I do because her the mother. I don't know exactly how old the the motherboard and processor is on hers, but like it is definitely older than mine, and I think it's probably more than ten years old. Because yeah, it was it's, already it's dated when she got it, and that was like 2017, 2018. Yeah, and it so was it's... it was a hand me down from a friend who just had it sitting in a box. <laughs> it's time. It's time. Yeah, and she's been she's actually been getting like lag spikes, and she she had she had a day. How long has it been since you had a blue screen on your computer? Like an actual blue screen of death, there was a problem we have to shut down. So oddly enough, I put my, when I was, about a year ago, I would, or most of my time with this computer, I put it to sleep when I would be done. Like I'd put it into sleep mode and then just wake it up the Mm. next morning, right? Makes sense. Uh, About a year ago, maybe two years ago now, whenever I started doing that, the computer would just blue screen when I woke it up from sleeping. So if I, if I put my computer in sleep mode and then wake it up, it'll blue screen. (laughs) So fairly Uh frequently. Yeah, but I just don't put it to sleep anymore. I just my computer hasn't been turned off in two years now, except to clean it like three times. Yeah, yeah, I need to do that actually. 
you get some compressed air. It's, it's actually quite satisfying. I really enjoy it. Yeah, I've got a bunch of uh, I've got a bunch of canned air sitting around. I've been using it for the keyboard. Uh, that's good. Yeah, my keyboard is a sight to behold. I mean, it's not like actively nasty, but the keyboard's from 2006. Oh yeah, mine's or not seven. That old. It's very old, and it I've, I should very much replace it. But I'm I don't know. I don't I don't game hardcore enough on my computer to care. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> feel the same way. I, I play like Diablo and. I guess Dota is fairly intensive, but the keys are responsive. It's the, the actual coding of the lettering is gone on like ASDF and like C and a couple yeah, other keys because I fun. press them so much. <laughs> yeah, my mine are not key is actually uh, almost like gone. my keyboard is absolutely just a typing work keyboard because yeah. all of my gaming is on is on a controller. controller. Yeah, if, so if, like... if, if you can avoid it at all costs, keyboard and mouse, you shall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not just because I don't like for some games, mouse just makes sense. It just makes the most sense. And there's no reason to like, there's no reason to even attempt using controller with it, even if it was compatible. Like, I would oh. not play Civ with a controller. Fair. OK. Yeah, you're not. But you're I not think a that the, the, for me, the common thread that runs through those games is they are not heavily action oriented. Yeah, that's true. They're, it's very slow thinking about stuff. Yeah. Like there's a there's a grid and there's de- there's menus and decisions to be made. Those games I can play with a mouse and feel very comfortable. Mostly because, you know, aside from like hotkeys and stuff, they don't really require a whole lot of keyboard control. The issue is not mouse control for me. It's keyboard control. Because mm-hmm. every time I try to use keyboard controls with my left hand, my i get like wrist tightness oh yuck no 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 like i don't know if it's carpal tunnel or what but like i get like hand cramps and wrist tightness and it only has to be like maybe 20 or 30 minutes for it to start happening and it won't completely go away for days after oh wow yeah you should definitely not do that then so it's like this is this is not a preference because this is not like a preference based on I just like the way that the controller works better. It literally is just like, this will damage me to play it this way. <laughs> I can't do it. That would, that sounds awful. Yeah. Cause I remember you were great. trying, you were trying to play fallout and it was just not possible to do. Yeah. That one was especially weird. That was to a be while fair, ago. I'm surprised you remember that. <laughs> to be fair. I tried playing fallout new Vegas on my computer maybe a year ago and it i don't i didn't want to take the time it would have taken to fix what was wrong with it but it felt wonky to play with the keyboard and mouse for me too for some reason i don't know why because i played through the whole game with the keyboard and mouse but it felt weird now for some reason i don't know if there was like if i had changed what i thought would be fine or what i don't have a clue or if it was just an old game that was not syncing properly with my current computer yeah it might just be the games that you've played since it could be, like, yeah. I could have played something more recently with uh, that was like a little uh, bit a smoother or something, or something. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. People change. That's true, and that's okay. It's a good thing in most cases. Um, so there's a game that's a Japan exclusive that I really wish was not. Uh, I'm going to link okay. It to you. Oh God, I almost linked it to my class. Jesus. <laughs> 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 oh, that would have been confusing because it was in the help channel of the class. And then I just, someone had asked a question. And then I just linked this trailer. They would have been like, what are you doing? 
Is, is this the answer to the question? This is the answer to all the questions. Yes, actually. Uh, so it's a cooking action game where you just do a whole bunch of, it looks like waggling, but there's a cat burger and, and a ramen character. And I don't have a clue what happens in this game, but if this came to America, I would buy it immediately. All right, I'm looking. There's there's a special uh, controller that you can attach to your Joy-Con that makes it like some super duper action button pressing <laughs> cooking device thing. I don't have. Oh, yeah, this is goofy. There, even even a part of you, I think, is like, OK. <laughs> yeah, this is OK. So this is Cooking Mama with. I don't know if you already said this because the trailer started playing and it was really loud and I couldn't hear what you were saying. No problem. Um, but yeah, if you didn't already say this, this is just like Shonen Cooking Mama. <laughs> yes, I did not actually say those words, but that is exactly what this is. There's, there's, but there's a whole bunch of Toys to Life things I think you probably have to buy to... Ah. Uh... So I don't know. I wish that part didn't exist, or yeah. if there was just like one that you could use interchangeably, I don't know. I don't yeah. know how it works or how... If maybe they all come in the packaging, because the box is huge. So you might get all of those things. That would be fine. To begin with, here, look at this. I'm going to show you the, the the Play Asia link. It's sold out. But I can't tell if it... I think it might actually come with all those little card things. Then you need to scan them as you play. I don't have a card. Oh, yeah, that, that box is bigger than uh, it needs to be if it just came with the game card. And it, so yeah, there's got to be some, something in there. Some fake hot sauce thing called Pepper Ripper <laughs> with, some, <laughs> with some demon uh, chili peppers on it of some sure. sort. Sure, sure, sure. Why not? That's fine. I don't have a clue. But man, I, I would I would like this game to come to 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 America. It never will, but it doesn't cool. seem like it probably will. But it does. I mean, the nice thing is that uh, I I don't think the switch is region locked, so you could probably just import it, I think. Yeah, that's true. But I don't I've never tried to like import a switch game, so I don't know how that works exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I, I know that sometimes some other countries will have the English translation for physical copies of stuff because they're the people that want to collect physical games will import that region's game that's never that was not released in the United States because it still has the English tracks for whatever reason. Hold on. I need to read this. I need to read this review. Real Please quick. do. Yes. The the there is like this Play Asia page that you linked me to has one <laughs> review okay it's a five-star review it says great game it says i need to say this game is super fun it's kind of like pokemon but with cooking this game is super unique in its mechanics you can summon god creatures by cooking a god recipe and you can also attack enemies with sauce bottles you put in the special controller that comes with it and you can summon special tabayaki by using irl cards yeah exactly like pokemon the special sauce controller. Yeah, that's what I want. That's the thing that, that that's oh my what God. intrigued me. Did you actually see it? Yes, it's a freaking it's awesome. What it it looks like a it looks like a <laughs> medical injector. Yeah, but it's got the pepper ripper on them. Oh I my god, this is this is madness. This is so Japan, it's unreal. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I don't okay. I don't know. I'm going to have to show this to Jesse because she's probably going to end up wanting. She's probably going to end up <laughs> wanting to get it, actually. I mean, this is it has... so like everything about this from like the the fun add on stuff to the like the mechanics, the the aesthetics of it. 
This is so up her alley, it's ridiculous. Well, and I love the controller, like the whatever the sauce controller is, with the giant red button that just syncs up to, you know, the shoulder button on the yep. Joy-Con. But it looks like like the doomsday device when you have like a I don't it know, like does. You're the... It looks like you're gonna set off a bomb. <laughs> like you're the villain in a movie and you have this device that's gonna blow something up and this is what it is. And it's got like the little flippy thing that I think is what holds the the pepper ripper sauce bottle in place. So you, do you have to flip up the, like, do you have to the flip up the safety trigger to, to hit the button? I don't know, but I hope so. This is ridiculous. This is the kind of thing that if, if they released it here, I, legitimately, whatever the price was, I would buy it. I, I mean, I suppose if it was like $500, I wouldn't. But yeah, they, if it they was... would sell like a thousand copies, maybe. <laughs> and I would be one of those people. Yes. <laughs> without you might a doubt be multiples of them because you would buy it and then you would like find a reason to like buy it for someone else yeah just because like this is this is the kind of joy i need in my life it's honestly like it's honestly kind of great especially especially like i get a little skittish when it comes to like you know if it's like a ccg thing where you're gonna have to buy booster packs and stuff for it yeah, it seems if like they're, all they're the gonna, sauce like, cards milk are there. you out of money over time. But if it comes with everything you need in it to start and it just and you can just play it and it just has a bunch of stuff, I'm all down for that. If you mm -hmm. are basically getting a starter pack and then you're expected to spend like hundreds of dollars to get better stuff in, you know. Yeah, then thumbs down to that. Yeah, but the game might still be fun. Tabuja. That's. Oh yeah, we did. I don't think we actually said the name of it. It is. It is called Tabe Oja. <laughs> that is T A B E dash O dash J A. If you'd yeah. like to look this up on your own, dear podcast Cause, listener, because you're a Tabe uh, Gami. I, yeah. Or no, you're summoning Tabe Gami. Yeah. The the food gods. Because they they dwell on each tasty dish, and you know there's dishes from all over the world, i.e., Japan, Western, and Chinese. <laughs> Oh my god! I just that's love that. That's... You know, they probably have Korean food in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, probably. You know, there's. You know, the Western food though is just a cat burger on the box, and yep. maybe like, oh, they have, there's a pizza lizard there because yeah, obviously, yeah. The burger, yep. the burger is really adorable though. There's probably there's probably a pasta in there somewhere, like there's an Italian pasta. pasta. Yeah, and then like yeah, the just... the French food is all just desserts. <laughs> probably, yeah. The curry looks awesome. What is in... like, what even is this conversation? I don't know, but I'm glad it's happening. The curry monster <laughs> looks awesome. That honestly, like <laughs> this little, this little Pikachu ass cat burger <laughs> character is like adorable <laughs> as hell. Like I can't even, I, love... I can't even pretend it's not. I love what you buy too. Cause you buy this big box and you get the, you get a game download code. It's not actually the game. You get the OJ. What? Gear, which... Yeah, it's a down. The box is full of the Oja gear, extract, potion, pepper ripper, the God recipe, and the God recipe light. Whatever just that puts it, just put a card in there. You got all this other hardware. Just make a game card. What do you no. mean? Is it? That's what it says on PlayAsia. I don't know. That's it's ridiculous. one to two players, but you can God recipe fight each other. So you would actually want two two boxes. You know what that means? no you know what that means is like that means that even if it is region unlocked you have to actually oh. make a japanese account to oh, get yeah. to the japanese eShop so that you can buy it oh that's, or true. Download that's a it. bummer 
That's too that bad. That sucks. That does suck. Now I'm now I'm now I'm less excited, even though it's not something I was going to buy. The fact that it's impossible <laughs> makes me much sadder. I mean, it's not impossible, but it's. it's I mean, it's, it's a lot more steps than if it just came with the game card and you could just put it in. Yeah, that that and borders then, on you know, impossible. And then figure out the game in other ways because you can't read the Japanese. Mm-hmm. It's it's weird to me that there's still so many games that just aren't released um, overseas and stuff still. Yeah, I know. Especially now, like the the more I hear stories about uh, like just the, the state of the Japanese game market, especially for like consoles and PC, mm-hmm. like it's still there. But it used to be one of the biggest markets, and now it's like, now every Japanese game developer is like, yeah, I mean, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense for us to make Japanese games appealing to a Japanese audience because they don't play them. Our <laughs> games are way more popular in other regions. And it right. really just has more to do with the with the the culture and industry in Japan where like the majority of gaming has gone mobile because people don't have time to sit home and play video games on their consoles very much. Mm-hmm. So all, all of their gaming happens on their phones, on trains. Yeah. And, well, that's, you know, the switch has done well because of that. I feel like, yeah, large portability yes. aspect because it's done well over in Japan. And maybe that's why we're only, that's why we're seeing these kind of, niche <laughs> titles uh on the switch yeah as opposed to being on like playstation but yeah like it's not to say that people aren't like it, this is an overgeneralization it's not to say that people like j- people in japan aren't playing video games or aren't playing like big budget major releases or anything because they are but you're hearing it more and more from people in the industry there where it's like yeah for this game to be a success we have to have like cross region appeal Mm -hmm. the era of like being able to be successful by just selling a game made in japan to japanese people is over the market's just not big enough yeah because games cost more money and right it's it's and and even if i don't know if the narrative is also the people at the top are like why would we bother marketing to a like this handful of people when we could market to the entire plant, there's just way too much money to be had there. Even if it's right, not yeah. a matter of technically being able to self-sustain if they were to do it that way. I feel like there's a lot of a games costs an enormous amount of money to make. Now when you're making something like an Elden ring. Sure. And, yeah. and you want to make sure that that is going to be for the world to play because you need to recoup the cost of making right, it. And absolutely. also people want to make as much money as possible. Cause that's just how business works. Yeah. Yeah. I do think it's a lot of that. It's it's, there's a lot of like, we have to make the big game for the most people, right? Everything, then, everything like make everything about the game as big as possible so that the profit will also be as big as possible. Correct. I think, I think that probably has a lot to do with it and they're just going to blame it on <laughs> Japanese people. Cause it's easier. Yeah. Very, very, very likely. Um, you know, there's something like neither of us have played Elden Ring yet. No, um, I do have to say in a like and I was I was listening to another podcast um, okay. that talked about this and they were talking about the whole Sonic Origins, you know, DLC chart of <laughs> nonsense. Yeah. Of, you know, character animations on the title screen. It's such a weird pre-order bonus. 
it's yeah, it it's you know what it is, is it's like there's no reason for these things to be in or out of the game. They just needed a they like marketing told them to like put some features in a special edition or a DLC pack or a pre-order bonus or something so that to incentivize people to do it. And they didn't have anything. So like they just started taking out stuff that they put in the game on a whim. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, yeah, we did some we did some like animations on the title screen. We could like have those not play, I guess. It's like, great, <laughs> ship it. That's five bucks. That's five dollars of stuff there. We'll just get we'll just we'll lock hard mode out. Why? I don't know. So that's, in a, that's good business practice in a world of those types of business practices and aggressive microtransactions and everything has a season pass or a battle pass or loot boxes. Elden Ring just came out. Elden yeah. Ring is a game that costs $60 and it's a game. It and is $60 you buy the game on, and you play PS5. the game. That's that's it. Yeah, it, it do, do is it actually 60 bucks on PS5? Oh, I don't know. It might be 70. Oh, I was just yeah, I don't know. I I'm yeah, actually there's, there's, not sure. I haven't looked. I don't think there's passes or anything, is right? I mean, they'll probably do some sort of no, DLC. I mean, they, they've done DLC in the past, so I won't be surprised if they do something. Yeah, there will almost definitely be DLC. Like, all the Souls games have had DLC. And that's that's one thing if it's like a year later and it's like, hey, there's a little more content we made. Here, listen. When If your game comes out and you don't mention DLC and then you mention DLC a year later, what that says to me is the consumer is, oh, this is extra content that we wouldn't have put in the game. Yeah. So you're getting bonus stuff because... We wanted to see how the game was going to do or whatever, even though that's maybe not true. And they're already planning on it because it takes too long to make things right. But I want right, to be right, tricked right. a little bit. I don't I hate I hate buying a game. And then it's like buy this deluxe season pass. It comes with two season passes with all this content that we didn't put into the game because whatever reason you want to give, it doesn't really matter what it is. I don't like that feeling. It feels bad. It does feel bad, especially considering a lot of times when those games tank, they'll just cancel the they'll just cancel the DLC. And just not do it. I have not experienced that. Thank God. It doesn't happen often, but it has happened. Yikes. Um, it's a little bit different, but Indivisible ran into that because uh, that company had a huge upheaval after a whole bunch of people in the company came out and were like, yeah, the boss is abusive. Jesus. He's kind of he's kind of garbage. And like a dozen of their top creative people came out at the same time and we're like, yeah, he it's been like this for a while. And for, you know, for a time we were all just like, oh, that's just him. He's just, you know, being himself. And then once we started corroborating stories, we realized this was a pattern of behavior and it's not acceptable and we're all leaving. And those people went to uh, make Future Club, which is a development studio that uh, is working on a couple small things and that's why i was super excited to see them in the credits of river city girl zero yeah i remember that because it's like it's nice to see a bunch of really talented creative people like leave a a toxic abusive work environment and start their own sort of like worker collective group and (laughs) and get work and do well it's that is one aspect of the sort of indie game scene that's kind of cool is that it's seems like it's easier for that to happen in some ways. I feel like it is, yeah. Uh, whereas when you're at a giant corporation, it's pretty hard to have anything. Like, I mean, someone has to die for anything to, for anyone to care. Sometimes, <laughs> as, as screwed up as that is. if Activision is <clears throat> any indication, sometimes not even then. True, actually. Yeah. 
but yeah, the the indivisible indivisible had a bunch of like backer reward DLC stuff. Okay, there was a bunch okay. of like guest characters and stuff that were supposed to make it into the game that uh, they had they canceled all of that because all well, of the, the people, people who were, were working on it. it left and the company <laughs> yeah. basically shut down. Wow, that's crazy. So like that's a little bit different than buying a season pass, but same concept of like you bought this with the intention of it coming out and it didn't. It's just that it's Kickstarter, always... so like there's a little more risk that you run there because yeah. when you when you throw money down on Kickstarter, you are basically taking the risk that like, hey, this might not pan out. It's pretty much why I've never Kickstarted anything after the like the initial fun or thought of it because it just you know I it's it's, it's there hasn't been something that's I've wanted bad enough where I would be willing to take the risk. Also, I would end up wanting to do like the <laughs> like some dumb backer tier where you get like all the cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I would have a hard time saying no to that. I think that like for I think in a large part, like the deal with Kickstarter at first is like it used to be this really cool idea of hey, we want to make this cool thing that you want and you, by contributing to it, can make it happen whereas it would not have happened otherwise. Mm -hmm. You know, you are you are not only, like, pre-ordering this, but you are willing it into existence with your own funding. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's awesome. I'm not saying it's bad or I think no, that no. people shouldn't do it. No, I'm saying it doesn't really feel like that anymore. Oh, okay, okay, okay. In the early days of Kickstarter, the concept of like, hey, this cool thing that you like and want to happen, you can make happen with your own power. Yes, you can that's, fund that's it to happen. I like now it, it just feels like an elaborate pre-order process. I mean, once Shenmue 3 was on Kickstarter, that's when I completely checked out of the whole yep. thing. Yeah, because it's like, oh, yeah, it, everybody of... knew it. Everybody knew like they announced it and then they were like, so this is going to be on Kickstarter. It's like, but you made a trailer of it, so you're going to release it. Like when they did that, I, 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 my two thoughts were a, this game's going to be terrible and B, I just, I can't get involved. I don't care. I'm not going to be like that to me. That's just so trashy because you're a, you're a giant corporation asking for money on Kickstarter. Like get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's so nasty. It, it you have a trailer an elaborate pre-order, uh, an elaborate pre-order ruse. Yeah, exactly. Like if, if you're a big enough game where you have a freaking stage to to show your trailer of a of it like this is not just something that was shared virally on your twitter right like you have a stage where it's like here this game is coming it's a game that people have wanted for a long time oh yeah it's on kickstarter like mm, i don't think so miss me miss me with that man yep 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 there there's there's so some it kind exceptions. of feels like if a game is big enough and anticipated enough it's gonna happen anyway yeah so you don't really need to kickstart it it's just it's gonna happen now, there there are some Kickstarters that I appreciate. Now, I just don't bother because it's going to get funded or I don't care. I'll just get it on sale later because I'm not going to have time to play it when it first comes out. Where I think I think it's cool when the creators are basically saying, hey, we don't necessarily need to do this. Like, we're going to make the game, but we're offering this as a way to give you extra stuff or to maybe yeah. have your have part of you be in it or whatever. So, like, then it's sort of they're if they're upfront about it. And saying, like, it's going to happen. This is just here because we want to give you the opportunity to buy more stuff as part right. of the game. Yeah. Or you want your name in the credits. And if someone wants to give sure. me 10 grand to do that, that's on them, not me. Right. So I, I I don't have a problem when they're open about it. <laughs> so it's, yeah. this, it's a really weird thing where if, 
there's a part of me that if the Shenmue people were like, hey, we're greedy assholes, so we're releasing a Kickstarter, I would have laughed and be like, yeah, all right. <laughs> like, I, I could see Devolver doing that. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, they essentially did, right? Yeah, yeah, actually, they did, yeah. Uh, so so there, there's a part of me that's, I don't know. I guess I'm a little torn in terms of, of, of that. The, uh, Just be honest about your greed, okay? Yeah, Jesse used to work <laughs> with, a, uh, with an indie comics company called Mythopia. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. And, the, the, um, the Blimp Comics. Yes, yes. And they're pretty cool, uh, yeah, actually. she they their like flagship thing at the time um was like a was a series called Skies of Fire. Skies of Fire, yeah. Yeah, and they the way they ran their Kickstarter was like um they like as I re- as I recall, they were very open about this. They would always run their Kickstarter when the um when the issue was finished. So it's like okay. it's like okay, so here's the Kickstarter for issue 4. It's already written. It's done. Mm-hmm. We're done with it. The Kickstarter is for you to like basically buy it, express interest so we know how many we have to print. The money will go towards printing this issue and getting it out to you and then also giving us money to work on the next one. Yeah, when I looked I looked at their Kickstarter stuff when Jesse was working there and I thought they were pretty uh, like really reasonable in terms of what they were like their their how their goals were aligned with what they were asking for. Yeah. And it felt it, good they, to me. They went through the whole series and, you know, it was only an eight episode. It was only an eight issue run. And that's what it was always planned to be. So they, you know, they finished the story just fine, but they did every episode or every issue like that, where it's like the issue is written. It's done. We have a proof of it. We just need to print it. And then we need, you know, and then we're going to apply this to the next issue in the the next issue in the story mm-hmm. and that's a little bit different than the usual kickstarter uh thing because the the whole idea the whole like you know star the whole like stars in the eyes idea of of kickstarter is you are funding this to bring it to fruition correct like yeah. it doesn't exist there's a proof of concept and you want it to exist so you are putting money into it to fund the idea of like, I want this thing to exist and I will fund the idea of it. And it's a little bit different to go into it and be like, it's it's already done. We just need to know how many to print and we need money with the printing cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, that, but that's I, a great... I don't see any issue with that at all. No, I no. think that's actually like that makes a I lot of sense. It's way safer. It's it's that's now to me, that's just good business. Yeah, yeah. Like, especially for a smaller, like, again, a lot of my annoyance comes from a studio that's big enough where they would, where they're doing it anyways, or they're, or yeah. they're like, yeah. they're getting like $3 million for their Kickstarter, and yeah. you know yeah. that if they're that big, then they're probably already set anyways. Right. And Shenmue is especially scummy because, like, like after they raise, like, five or six, I think it was 5.5 million or 6.6 million yeah, was, or I think it was like 6 that. million. Um, on Kickstarter took all that money and then ended up like setting up with a publisher anyway. Right. And then, and then did like some, some funky epic exclusivity deal. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. Cause people backed it and were like, I'm getting, you know, I'm doing my, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm my backer tiers for the steam version. And they're like, yeah, we're delaying the steam version so we can put it on the Epic game store. And it's like, well, that seems like something you should have told people that you were going to do when you took their money. <laughs> that seems 
uh, that seems trashy. Yeah, I don't know. It, Maybe whole, it's just that me. whole thing was was pretty. And to be fair, I don't think we've seen a whole lot of uh, large companies or publishers use Kickstarter in that way since, because that no, was I a agree. that was a start to finish disaster. Aside from them raising a bunch of money on Kickstarter, mm-hmm. which was great for them, and it was great PR for about a week. <laughs> Like, while the number kept ticking up, and it's like, oh, man, biggest Kickstarter ever. This is such a hotly anticipated game. And then they just botched everything about it after that. (laughs) Yeah, they did. (laughs) Which is really sad, but it's fine, because we have Yakuza now. (laughs) Oops, Yakuza. (laughs) There there was a guy, uh, Ryan North, he's, I knew him from Dinosaur Comics, and he went, he was writing a book a while like a really long time ago now i mean really long i guess it actually is it's like 10 years or more that's a pretty long that's time pretty ago. long time uh so he used kickstarter to get it started but i loved his kickstarter campaign because he's like he didn't have any special tiers it was buy the book or buy like 100 copies of the book because you want to resell it or something <laughs> yeah it sure was, and i i loved that because i didn't feel like i was missing out i hate that feeling of content that's exclusive to a kickstarter so there's yeah. been board games that i've looked at where and I don't mean FOMO like the fear of missing out. It's literally just no. I want to buy the best version of the game because I'm I'm excited about the product. Right. And yeah. so I find out a board game's a Kickstarter, and the Kickstarter got metal pieces, and this one has like really crappy plastic tokens instead. Like circle, right, right, right. Like, and I'm like, well, no, screw it. I'm just not going to buy it all then. The cardboard <laughs> cutout, the cardboard like yeah. pop out round tokens. Yeah, for like the exact same price. So yeah. there's times where, where for for me rather than. What that doesn't motivate me to follow your social media or to get excited about your next release. I just check out completely. Yeah. Which I, 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 I'm probably, well, I would say clearly I'm on the, in the minority there. Cause otherwise these types of things would go away, yeah. but I, I can't stand that idea of, oh, well, you're not going to get the best version or you literally will never get this expansion yeah pack of cards or way to play the game because you didn't back the kickstarter like that just seems dumb and in some cases it's like i didn't know there was a kickstarter that's well yeah that's the whole point right you're supposed to follow it you're supposed to stay up to date i don't know but it's like you know for crosscode was a kickstarter game oh yeah yeah Crosscode is actually one of those games where like it wasn't gonna happen yes yeah that was like it was a small group of like what was it like three people or something you said it was it was a you mean the the developers? Yeah, wasn't it just like isn't it isn't it a really small group of people that put I, that together at first? I think it's a fair yeah, I think it's a fairly small team. I don't know how small the team is, mm, but right. I do know that like it's one of those games where they put it up on Kickstarter and it could have not happened. It was it was a modest ask and they almost didn't make it. Mm-hmm. So they had a bunch of people pop in and do like a last minute like, hey, this game's cool and it's gonna miss its Kickstarter goal. Go uh you know go contribute and. And they did like a whole last minute blitz to just barely get to their to their goal in like the last few days. And I know this because they commemorated the people behind that in that community mm-hmm. um, by putting them in the game and giving them like a quest. <laughs> they get like an actual side quest and it's a it's a guild called the last minute heroes. <laughs> and their whole deal is that they like they look for people who are in trouble and go make like heroic entrances to save them from trouble at the last minute. No, see that that's fun. But like that's an example of like this is an indie project that needed Kickstarter. This wasn't just like some people, you know, deciding to fleece some people out of their money 
because they don't want to spend their own money to to back the project and they want a proof of like they want a proof of concept. It's literally like we want to make this game, we don't have the money. Mhm. Yeah. If you if we can raise the money to make this game, then we can make the game. But like I didn't know about Kickstarter until after it had hit a full release and it was apparently in some sort of like beta or early access state for like years before I found out about it. <laughs> And it's like, so CrossCode, I don't think has any like particularly notable Kickstarter or backer exclusive like rewards or quests or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I think they like, I think there is some stuff that's come out, but I, I think I mean, that I everything that you may have gotten aside from like, I don't know. I don't know. If, I, I don't know what was in the Kickstarter. Listen, I don't care if the Kickstarter has T-shirts or stickers or that's what I'm saying. Like physical if, stuff if like that. Any physical stuff that's part of Kickstarters, I am all for. You have to have an incentive. I think the problem for me is when the there is no way to get. If it's like you're going to make the game better through backing at a certain right. tier, I think that's stupid. If there's no way to also purchase it, even if it costs me more money later, like I don't understand that. Like I, I would. I want to buy this thing from you. I'll give you an extra 40 bucks. Just make the pieces metal. You know right, what I mean? Yeah. Or 50 yeah. bucks or whatever it is. I don't know. I Bloodstained did that. Bloodstained actually. And it was a huge bit of controversy from people who. Oh, like, the board game? No. The actual no, no, game? They, like the, the whole like. Oh, this I'm is thinking, a backer exclusive thing that sorry, they sorry. made available. I, I was thinking of Bloodborne because isn't there a Bloodborne board game? There's a Dark Souls one, but I, mean, I don't think know about Dark Souls. One. I'm mixing it all together, but you're talking about the the extremely exciting and fun uh, uh, Egovania. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So there was a there was an extra um, like a bonus weapon and a secret uh, boss fight against Igarashi himself. Yeah, and that was initially um, that was initially proposed or initially like presented as a as a backer exclusive thing. You get access to this content. And then when the game came out, they were like, hey, if you want to drop an extra 10 bucks, we'll uh, we'll throw this extra we'll throw this extra content in it. Yeah. And people freaked out because it's like, well, what about the backers? I was there first and you said that was going to be exclusive. And I'm like, literally, why do you care that more people get to enjoy the thing? I mean, people get very excited about being the one to own a thing. Or yeah, I, I don't get it. it. I mean, that's why it, that's the NFT logic, isn't it? <laughs> not to not to talk about that again. Can but I we mean, go one podcast? <laughs> I'm just saying that's the, that's how it works. People really care about that for some reason. I know they really do. They really and I don't I don't understand it. I don't understand the this, I have this like, and you don't. the value that people apply to forced exclusivity. Yeah, like the I, idea of I have this and someone else doesn't have this, like I. I get no joy from that. I don't either. <laughs> I get more joy from like, I have this. Let me share it with you. I'm the so ca- you yeah, can I'm also <laughs> enjoy it. And we can talk about how cool it is together. I'm the type of person that's like, let me buy it for everyone. If I can, <laughs> I'm literally on your, your switch online plan right now. Yeah, right. Exactly. Cause like, Hey, this is cool. I want you to enjoy this. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like I, it, I, it I makes don't no understand sense. why, like, slapping the food out of someone else's mouth brings people joy. Yeah. Wow. That's a really, that's a really like angry example, like a, a imagery and it's perfect. Cause it's <laughs> that's, how that's, people that's, act about it. That's what it is. It's like, it's like the, the bloodstained, I, I don't know, five, five Oh five, I guess, whoever, whoever, mm, yeah. like they were like, Hey, 
So this is a backer thing, but like it's right there. So if you want to pay extra, you can get it too. Cause like maybe you didn't know there was a Kickstarter for this three <laughs> <Right>. years ago. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm that tapped in, bruh. So like it's like, hey, this was a thing, and if you missed it, you can get in on it now. And like a bunch of people who backed it, like got their like raised their hands up and were like wanting to slap the spoon out of people's mouths. <laughs> Be like, no, they can't have it. <laughs> and I don't I was like I don't understand why you're like this why is it like this <laughs> some people I don't know some people are just they're just they're just angry I don't know yeah that's just how it is they you know why this weird feeling of self-worth from the things that they have that they can like lord over other people because it's like I was cool and I got there first so I have this that makes me better than you yeah that, that when you said first my the thing that came to my mind was how people I think still probably do it. I bet you big YouTubers, it happens to them. If you go to their YouTubes, there's going to be some Absolutely schmuck that's like... Absolutely, there are first comments. <laughs> first. Yes. Like, yes. that's the thing that people care about. Oh, God, that reminds me. I was going to segue. I had a really excellent way to talk. start talking about Golden Axe where I was going to be the angry one and we should slap that out of... We should slap the controller out of people's hands if they play it. But it reminded me of um, <laughs> this... Uh, it, it was It was... God, hold on. I think I can find it. Um... Oh no, it's gonna shoot. While you're okay, looking so... for it, I will like casually drop in that I made Jesse play Vampire Survivors last night and she really liked it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that makes me super happy. I I that game that game hey, there you go. That's one of those games that just brought me so much joy. I was like, I need to share this with his people right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um God, there's a song and I'm playing. She had on the a name really incredible like I was there like teaching her what the synergies were, and she was playing on my file, so I had some of the upgrades unlocked already. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. But, like, she got through the the Mad Forest stage on her, like, second attempt. That's, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, really, really good. she played really the first good. time and, like, and got killed at, like, seven minutes. And then the second time, she just ripped through. That That's really impressive. I know. Like, I was telling her, like, I didn't tell her, like, what to pick. I just taught, I was just telling her, like, what synergies are and how, and, like, how they help. And I was like, oh, yeah, you have the synergy for this. So if you get this weapon up to its maximum level when you level up, then it'll become stronger. It'll become a, <laughs> like an ultimate form thing. Yeah, just, just a few tips. I mean, listen, even even so with just a few basic tips. mechanics stuff. And then she just played and just had a really good run going and just and just wailed on it. So she like she died on her first run and then like blew through mad forest and then blew through the library on her next run in one the, go. to be fair the library i think is substantially easier than the forest i think so too so beating the forest on your second play is more impressive to me than being the library yeah that's that's awesome that's really cool okay i, I figured out what it was i was in the car um and i i heard a song where the you know the you have you have you ever heard the song um oh god this is i can't really do it, but in the in the song there they have the line "I'm half the man I used to be." Do you know that song? Like half yeah. the man I used to be. Yeah, I don't know who sings it, but I'm I'm familiar. Yeah, right. So those are the lyrics that everyone knows with the song. So I was like, yeah, I kind of want to listen to that song. I feel like hearing the rest of it. So I got home, uh, typed "half the man I used to be" into Google and pressed enter because that's how we find songs. If you know today, sure. And the first video that pops up. It says Nirvana, half the man I used to be. Oh, that makes sense. I was like, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, this sounds like Nirvana. It's definitely Nirvana. And I opened the video, I'm listening to it, and then I'm looking through the comments, and the comments are all funny because it's like <laughs> they're all joke comments. Like the top one is We Will, We Will Rock You. 
Kurt Cobain 2003, which obviously couldn't have happened because all of those yeah. are wrong, right? Yes, of course. Uh, and then there's some people talking, they're reminiscing about the past, how they loved this song and how they were jamming to Pearl Jam in 2000. And it's like, here, uh, remember jamming to this Pearl Jam song in my 2003 Ford Model T back in 1908. I traveled about 70 miles of road from for 190 days from Houston, Kentucky up to South China in my <laughs> 2071 Ferrari Civic. I was two years old when I got the album on my birthday in May 20, 2007. As a Christmas present, this song will always be my favorite saxophone solo, still listening in 1784. So it was, the comments is made the me laugh. Is the joke here that it's not a Nirvana song? Well, the joke is, A, I feel like they're kind of poking fun at everyone that listens to his song and then talks about how, back in my day, this is my favorite song, today's generation of music's terrible, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it's also not a Nirvana song. It's a Stone Temple Pilot song, but it threw me through such a loop because I was like, wait, what? What is this song called then? I'm confused. And I was Googling it. And this song from this video came up because this video was uploaded in 2008. So it's like the best accidental troll ever. Like, I'm pretty sure this person thinks this song was Nirvana. This, uploaded okay. This is a thing that I have not experienced in probably like 20 years <laughs> because this is 100% that like download things that are mislabeled from the file sharing yes, from like yes. the Napster or yes. Kaza or LimeWire. Yep. This is, this is like dude, dude. system of a down Zelda theme parody. <laughs> yeah. Like exactly. So what's even funnier is now I'm confused. I'm so, I, I have this moment of what the hell. And I, if you press show more on the thing because of DMCA, the label says music in this video song creep by Stone Temple Pilots. Like this song was called creep. What? I thought there was a Radiohead song called creep. And there then is wait, right. And then I was talking to Kyle and he linked me. He was like, yeah, it's this one. And he linked me the TLC song creep. And I was like, thanks, Kyle. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, and so, so I was, I was, I just had this moment of what is going on. And then I realized when the video was, published and and there was like seven million views on this random nirvana half the man i used to be song because that's probably what people would have googled and that's what came up but no in fact it was creep by stone temple pilots and then the comments just got me laughing as people were making fun of maybe themselves just making fun of the idea of you know listening to his song and be like oh I've, i'm a true fan i've listened to this for 15 years or whatever because i happen to be born before you i don't know um but i loved thank you internet for, thank you, Google web crawlers, for for trolling. Probably for the till forever, probably yep. forever. Yeah, there are going to be people now because of the internet that cannot figure this song out. There was actually a really great comment though on the real song, not the not the what has now become a meme of the song. Right. And in that in that comment, there was a guy there talking about how he heard this song. He was like sixteen. and he they didn't they didn't have like the the title of the song afterwards on the radio. And he was like, I know it's Nirvana. It's got to be Nirvana. That's what it sounds like. He's like, I went to the music store. I bought the, all the Nirvana CDs, listened <laughs> to them. He's like, I couldn't find the song. He was losing his mind. He's like, I don't know. And then like eight years go by and they play it on the radio and they say it's Stone Temple Pilots. It's like, oh my God, that's what it was all this time. And I, there was another one of those realizations of today you don't have that problem. You don't As long have as you can problem. remember a line of the song, like one word and you yep. write lyrics afterward, it will probably pop up. <laughs> there are literally apps that you can download now yeah. that will just listen to the song for you and tell you what it is. Yep, yep. Like on demand. <laughs> you don't even have to wait. It's just like, 
hit the hit the button on your phone and hold it up to the speaker and it's like oh yeah it's stone temple pilots yeah. so, so that that so we, we had two instances of one was while the internet has made this easier and that poor guy had to go eight years with that song kind of like he probably had memories of it occasionally being like god what was that song i and, have things in like i i don't can't come up with anything offhand but like i know for a fact that i have some things in my mind where it's like man i know like one line from that song and do not know what the name of it is or who sings it or like what that song is it's just like one little melody line of like four notes that has been stuck in my head for like 10 years (laughs) i've absolutely had things like that where like i go for significant periods of time not remembering what a song is or what a song is from. Yep. And then you hear it. And you're like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And once you know, it's like a, like your mind just expands. Yeah. It feels, it feels very good. Once, once you have that, that revelation and you, does, and you, and you, and you hear it and you know what it is. And then you, then, then it's yours. Yeah. And then and you'll forget then about you, it and later. Then, like after that, you never forget it again. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully <laughs> until you do, <laughs> but then you can relive it all again <laughs> yeah yeah have that whole experience again and be like wait a minute i've done this before and then you start to wonder am i getting dumber is my memory not working god what's happening to me not that or, i've ever thought that ever yeah no we're we're not getting older <laughs> it's that's not that's not a thing that's we're, we're definitely we're definitely getting older because golden axe was a cool game when i was a kid and now it's that's not. true maybe two and three are better I, three is apparently so bad. Jap- Sega of Japan was like, we're not even releasing this outside of Japan. Oh, okay. They, I, don't, I believe that's probably not true because it was actually released on, do you want to roll credits and then I'll finish my, or, I mean, not credits, ads, and then I'll finish my sentence. Let's roll ads and then we'll talk about, I guess, several golden axes. <laughs> okay, please continue. All right, actually, before I do that, I have to also say one thing really quick. Oh yeah, okay. What what makes the the, the Stone Temple Pilots thing even funnier is that I, I couldn't think i couldn't think of the what i was talking to i was like god what was the song i can't even remember what the song like I, I knew the moment i knew what i wanted to talk about but i couldn't actually think of the name of the song and i found the song by typing nirvana into my uh gmail and it had my conversation with kyle there i was like oh yeah it's stone temple pilots but i still use nirvana to find the song because that's now what's stuck in my head so yeah that's it's a that's a it's a, it's a lovely it's a lovely troll thank you Thank you for, for, for listening. That's excellent. <laughs> uh, so what I was going to say is, did you know that Sega Genesis had an online monthly game service in 1994? I, yes. I did I not know this. this. I forget what its name was. Sega Channel. Yes, that's right. Yes. Yes, I, I, recall, I recall this. It was unbelievably expensive for the 90s. It was like $13 a month. But that it had a monthly uh, service that rotated. Considering you have to pay for that and actually internet, which at the time would have been. Well, I'm saying it's unbelievably expensive for the 90s because the idea of a subscription monthly service to an online streaming content platform seems outrageous and impossible. And like yeah, a total no, waste true. of money. The actual But dollar... it also like that is also the amount that you would pay for the average streaming service now. Yeah. 20, so 30 years later. So actually it seems rather reasonable. Um, well, that means that means it's pretty expensive though. If it's the same that you'd be paying today and it's then 
I mean, yeah, price. true. Because right, but like, like the dollar. But can like I'm thinking of it in terms of like this is some cutting edge early adopter stuff. Yeah, dude. Sega Sega blows my mind. I didn't. I don't know. I did not know about this. The reason I bring this up is because Golden Axe Three was actually released on the Sega Channel. I'm not I sure see. if it was in America still or not. It might mm. not have ever been. But the Sega Channel, you you, you downloaded. You downloaded the game onto your onto the cartridge onto an uh, onto yet another adapter for the Sega Genesis. Yes, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I had heard of the Sega Channel and I knew vaguely what it was, but I don't know like a lot of the details. I don't know that much either. But if you Google Sega Channel when if you're done listening to this, there's a guy who. Um, let me see if I can find the video really quick. It's when I when I Google Sega Channel, that's what popped up. But it was yeah yeah. It's it's this guy named Eight bit flashback uh and he he made a he recreated the sega channel experience on the actual hardware and stuff where he he emulated what it was like to go there and check it out and it even takes like a minute and a half to download like when you want to start playing the game it has to download it quote unquote Mm. (laughs) where it has to fill the bar up so it's like the real experience of what it would have been like to download the game back then because he has fond memories of it yada 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 yeah but uh it seems pretty cool. Like it even changed the background based on different holidays and stuff. So like at Christmas, it was like a Christmas themed login to the Sega Channel network. And there was there was contests and stuff that was held throughout it. Like you, you could win a I think you said a Primal Rage arcade machine. Oh, wow. On, right. There's all kinds of stuff that that was in this. I don't know. That's that's blowing my mind a little bit that the Genesis had the Sega was just way ahead of it. They were like 30 years early. <laughs> they were on a lot of things. They just didn't commit to any of it. Yeah, well, it also came out in 1994, which, or the end of 94, so like beginning of 95, which is, you know, the Saturn is coming out. Then the Dreamcast came out a little bit later. and Right, that's, uh, they, that's they, what they I just, mean. It's like they have a million different things going on because they feel like they have to compete on every front. And it resulted in them not really having a very strong internal vision because everything they were doing was reactive. Yeah. I mean, so they like they dipped a toe into everything and then dipped it right back out. I think this actually was before the Satellivision. I think Satellivision uh, was ninety five, but maybe it was ninety four. Maybe around the reaction. same time. I think. I no, you exactly might be right. I mean, they would know the other person's doing stuff anyway. Yeah. So yeah. But it it even had so Alien Soldier was a game that wasn't released as a cartridge, I guess, in North America, but you could play it on the Sega Channel. That's so. Really? That's that's rad. So that's the only way anyone ever played Alien Soldier in America, I mean, aside from the arcades, I suppose. Yeah, look, if you go to the Alien Soldier, um, spoilers, we might be playing this game sometime soon. So if you go to the this, is, I had the Alien Soldier wiki open, and if, in Japan, February nineteen ninety five, PAL June ninety five, North America nineteen ninety five, Sega Channel, Sega Channel. Yeah, that's, wow, that's crazy. Wow, wow, actually, that's yeah. The Sega Channel. <laughs> With, like, highly sought-after exclusives. Yeah. Like, even the, even the Satellaview didn't have that. The Satellaview no. was like... The Satellaview had... Didn't even, was that even in America? I don't think so, right? I don't think it released in America at all. And yeah, Sega's I like, we'll do it. I think that it, like... It had just a bunch of, like, weird like hacked versions like the i know there was like a there was like some sort of like zelda remix like zelda one remix yeah that you could play on the satellite view that was like kind of the same but kind of different 
And, um, and you could play uh, the the detective games that we played. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, and I know you know Radical Dreamers is on it. Oh, true, true. But like, I don't know of anything else that was even really on this a television or the Satellaview. A review, yeah. Oops. Um, like. I have, I don't know. I just thought that that was nuts. I had no idea that the Genesis had an online, and it, it was it was up for five years, and it had rotating monthly, sometimes weekly games. Yeah, that's that's actually really wild that it was that well thought out, and that it was that it was up for that long. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Like the the biggest problems with it were you download the game, and then if you turned off your Genesis, you had to re-download it because it didn't have any kind of it had it had RAM, but it didn't have like you know storage. So it loaded the game into the RAM of the the whatever it was called. I don't know. Um, what is this box going to be called? The I don't know what it is. The Sega Channel giant brick that you plug into your. your you, you should see it because it looks really funny. It's like a. Is it like, like a modem? It's like a Sega. Picture a Sega game, but then the top of the Sega video game or the Sega cartridge is like a huge block that just sits on top of it. It looks really funny. Um, and that's that where the RAM is. That's where you plug the coaxial cable in. I'm guessing. I don't know. Uh, the video that I watched, the dude had modified it so that he made like a little port mm. in the back for a, um, for a, for an SD card. So he didn't that actually have sense, to have yeah. the cable plugged into it, but I it used some kind of coaxial cable, mm. which think about that. I mean, that's cable TV at the time. Oh yeah. Like that's, that's cable internet <laughs> that was used here. That's pretty oh, cool. Yeah, that's true actually. Right. I had just assumed that it was a that it was a coax cable for the TV. Yeah, I mean, it's I technically, I believe it is, but I don't understand. Like, I guess it connected to a satellite of some sort. I don't know. I don't know the details of it. It's it's above my my uh, <laughs> my my research for for the podcast. Yeah, that's just fair. Was, that's fair. I, I was kind of blown away that this existed at all. And yeah, that was the only way to play Gold Next because I was curious because someone in. There's a possibility that Golden Axe two and three were what everybody fondly remembers, as opposed to Golden Axe one, and and I don't I don't think maybe Golden Axe two I don't know. Yeah, I, it's like I don't know. Did we just? It's like did we go try to get good. into this classic series and play like? Did we play Street Fighter one? Yeah, I mean that's a rough one. You know, like Street Fighter two is legendary status kicked off like kicked off an entire genre. Yep that ruled arcades through the 90s but street fighter one sucks (laughs) so So is that what this is did we play the one did we play the sort of proof of concept that they built off of later that's i don't know i didn't i didn't look into golden x too much golden x2 looks better but more of it's just kind of more of the same maybe there's more control over stuff so i think the console version of golden x2 i don't know if there's an arcade version of golden x2 there's a lot of golden axes actually yeah that's there's way more than you'd think yeah, there's like nine. I yeah, there's like considering five only main... three of them are actually numbered. <laughs> yeah, because then it's like Return of Death Adder, Death Adder's Revenge. Yeah, 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 yeah. Apparently, but... one of like I heard, I don't remember who it was, so take this with a grain of salt. But like someone, there was someone who was asked recently on a video or a podcast or something that I was listening to, and they were like, they were asking, "What do you think about Golden Axe?" And they were like, "I think." The Golden Axe is overrated and sucks. <laughs> but there one in particular is like Golden Axe, the Revenge or the Return of Death Adder for the arcade is one of the best beat em ups ever made. Yeah, that's that's what I had looked into is that that one looked pretty neat. 
So like, I don't know anything more about it other than they were like, generally the series is bad, but this one game is actually incredible. Yeah, that that's that's uh, it's that would be one I would like to experience because um, when I looked up what the what it looked like, like the Revenge of Death Adder, it looks sweet. Like the, the the effects, the graphics, everything look really cool. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. I don't know if it's fun to play. It might be terrible to play, <laughs> but at least that part's uh, got it going for it. Well, sequels and uh, sequels and obscure uh, online mid nineties online video game services aside. Mm, yes. Um, I think our feelings on Golden X One have are fairly well laid bare at this point but let's actually like talk about why sure sure uh, okay so like 90s beat em up side scrolling i think technically it's an 80s beat em up oh yeah you might be right but it's like 89 i mean come on it's like it's like yeah <laughs> and it's got the 90s beat em up style though yeah it's it's the 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 thing that sucks the most about golden axe is that it's just kind of cheap like the your yeah. your the enemies the way they follow you around is annoying especially like the skellies the the way that they can break your combo yeah if they're just a pixel too far away because your your first two hits have a little more range with yeah. some like for the dwarf because I played the dwarf um, I from playing him for like five seconds I think that's probably the right call well because at least your first two hits like have some distance to it whereas your yeah. sword everyone else has longer range than you. But yeah. then, but but then, then you do the like the donk the dumb like donk donk combo where you bonk them on the head, but that's way less range. So now yep. they're outside of your attack range, and they just hit you and th- throw you or kick you or whatever. It's like okay, so my my actual combos usually like the whole game, pretty much exclusively devolves into a charge attack. Yep, that's it. Yeah, the charge attack is you have a you have a basic melee combo that is basically like two long two full range hits followed by two repeated short range hits that it's really hard to tell if they're actually doing damage and then a finisher. Um, and I think I actually finished the entire combo, like less times than I can count on one hand <laughs> over the course of the entire game. Mm-hmm. Because things either just like, if an enemy has enough HP to actually survive through the entire combo, it has, it's, also annoying enough to not let you hit it yeah and the really the really difficult issue is like having those two short range hits in the middle of your combo sets up this situation where like it's what do we play what's the beat-em-up that we played recently that has the problem of like everything outranges you and the moment you walk into their the moment you walk into their range they just start hit oh river city girl zero actually yeah Whereas, like, the moment, like, they know exactly when you walk into their range, and the moment you get close enough to them, they are just going to start hitting you before you can hit them. Like, yes. on frame one. So it's, it's that. You can kind of outrange them with your first two attacks, but then if you continue, your next, like, if you're at the right range where you can hit them and they can't hit you, your follow-up attacks will miss every time. Yep. Every time. And while you're missing with those, because the animation is way too long and slow, um, the enemies just recover and start hitting you back. And they do random amounts of damage, it feels like. And don't don't you ever get hit by a skeleton because you're just throw your life away. I mean, they will just combo the hell out of you. 
if you have one on either side of you, it's like you're the enemy in a two-player beat-em-up. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's And so it's sort of strange. Matt and I played through this one. This was another one that we played when he was here that night. And we uh, we played through it. It was okay. We didn't really rewind time or anything except for to fix a jump or two because the, sure, the weird, sure. awkward jumps were kind of just weird and awkward where you have to jump over a pit yeah your jump like (laughs) your jump arc is really strange (laughs) it you know what it is it has the it has the shape of a of a playground slide (laughs) because you jump almost straight up like you're going up a ladder and then when you start going down is when you start having forward momentum yep so it literally looks like you're going up and down a slide yeah it's it's not and then they make you jump over environmental hazards because they want to get your quarters. Yes. But this is not an arcade game. So we, we got through the whole game. We got to the final boss and we each had, I had like one bar and a pip of life and Matt was on like the, the beginning of his last continue. And I had, so I had one continue left. Okay. And we tried the final boss for like 10 minutes. I was like, dude, I'm done. I'm not doing this. I'll, I'll do it. We can, we can just stop because we wanted to play other stuff. Sure. And Matt sure. was like, yeah, I don't want to do this. This sucks. And the, the final boss of Golden Axe is the least fun experience I've had in a beat-em-up ever. Yeah. I, 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 I don't think I, I don't think I argue with that because it's so much of that. I mean, okay. So the, the final boss of Golden Axe is a, is a fight where there are two unkillable skeleton mobs, which are the most annoying basic enemy in the game. And they follow you around the whole time. And then you have this big death adder or death whatever, emperor, whatever his name is. Um, yeah, it's like he's he's super death adder, right? Because the other one was death adder junior or death. Right, right. There's death, death adder junior and then there's death adder and then there's death senior ruler or whatever. <laughs> yeah, axe battle or the sword. Wheeler. Death bringer. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't matter. Who cares? Yes. Um, The... The fight consists of you basically like if you enter into his range, he's got way more range than you. So he knocks you down when he knocks you down. If he, he hits freezes you time for five seconds so he can cast a spell, which is unavoidable. Yes. So like every time you go up to try to attack him, you cannot get hit. You cannot get hit or it knocks you down and you just kind of have to watch his magic cutscene for like five seconds over and over every time. And, and you have to avoid the unkillable skeletons. Yes. And there's two of them and they're super obnoxious. Yeah. So if you, if you work yourself into a situation where you can actually start hitting him, one of the skeletons just comes up behind you and breaks you out of your combo, at which point he knocks you down and then starts casting magic. And I think that the annoyance of the unkillable skeletons and the annoyance of the of the like unavoidable damage when you get knocked down is that's bad, but that's not what makes it the worst thing. What makes it the worst thing is how every time you make a mistake, you have to wait like five to ten seconds to get control back of your character. <laughs> and well, let's not forget about the other attack, though, where he shoots six little fire lightning bolts at you that are really difficult to dodge because they hone in on you and your jump is awkward to get over them. And if you get hit by those, you instantly lose whatever life you're on because the giant fire dragon comes at you. Yeah, that's true too. That's true too. So it's, it's a whole I, bunch I'm of... I'm not sure if that's an instant kill or not or if I was just on is. low life. No, it's an instant kill. 
Okay, cool. Awesome. I went so I went back and after after Matt left, I went back and beat it just cuz I wanted to finish it. So <laughs> the peacekeepers all over again? Yes. Yeah, I was like, "Well, I'm going to finish the game. I'm just not going to waste Matt's time." <laughs> yeah, sure. Understandable. <laughs> um and it wasn't as bad when I went back to it knowing it was going to be total trash. Yeah. Like I wasn't I was already in the space of yeah, this isn't going to be fun. Okay. And yeah, it wasn't yeah. as trash. That helps a lot. Yeah, right, right, right. Because like once you once you like when you went through it, once you calmed down and figured out the strategy that was working for you and you're like, okay, I just got to play it in the dumbest way possible where you're literally just looping in circles for yep. like 30 seconds to get one charge attack off the boss when the skeletons are positioned in just a way. Yeah. Yeah, because like the skeleton... So I think one of the most annoying things about playing Golden Axe is that the AI is actually kind of good. It's like cheap. Well, it's like, it's basically the equivalent of rubber banding in a, in a basically. racing game. But they are like, they're basically doing what you would do right we're like they know that you can only attack in a straight line left and right but you have the three-dimensional space to work with where you have like the up and down like sort of z-axis to work with mm -hmm. um so they will just stay above and below you and like sort of flank you and slowly loop down into position oh it's so it's so frustrating so like you can't hit them until they until they get into like the perfect range and the two skeletons know to get on either side of you <laughs> yeah like they're actually smart enough to know that like this is what is least this is what's least pleasant for you and they, they tell you when go they... out of their way to make sure that one of them is on one side and one of them is on the other side and and they'll hit you they, they if they both get on top of you you're dead no oh, no yeah, question because they actually they absolutely wombo combo you yeah, because like one hits, then the other one hits, and they do like the shield bash things. Because their little donk donk is very strong, unlike yours. Yes. And then you're you're just you're just gone. Meanwhile, Death Adder's in the corner, maybe shooting a lightning bolt at you. Yeah. If and if you get hit with that, you're also dead. Because one time, what happened to me was the skeletons killed me. I stood up, I got hit by the lightning bolt, then the dragon hit me, and I died. I was like, okay, you gotta be, you gotta be, you know, some swear words kidding me here. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> I was it was it was comical though because I knew it was going to be bad so I wasn't actually angry it was more of like those that moment of holy crap this is a bad experience but it would have been alleviated if I could just at least dump a quarter into it. Yeah. It would have been fine. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I remembered as a so when Matt and I It would have been a lot been, of quarters. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like $10 at quarters at least I feel like. <laughs> um not just the boss but I mean to get through the game. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, when, when I was playing through it again, it had been a very long time. So it was, it was fun to get to certain scenes like, oh yeah, I remember this. I remember this. When I got, we, we killed what I thought was death adder. And then the poor King's being <laughs> held up by his feet upside down and they get, yeah, that was, that was rough. I was like, oh wow, Whew, poor guy. But then you go into those doors and I, I, I had this thought of, oh, I remember this a little bit. And then that was it. I didn't remember anything after that. So I must've died to like the first round of weird gray uh the like the super undead versions of the enemies that oh yeah to yeah, into yeah, the yeah. pits and my that was that was all i remembered as a kid so i never i never must have i must have never gotten to the final boss of the game before maybe once i'm not sure but i didn't have a, a good memory of it and so that was that was an enjoyable experience to kind of have that that fun little oh yeah trip down memory lane i remember i remember this stage i can't this is this is kind of neat like i was yeah. actually having a good time with the game when it was Matt and I just playing it, even though it was kind of cheap and dumb and the music's a little too, uh, it's a little rough around the edges, a little beepy. 
Um, I think that like I'd be interested to know what the arcade music sounds like because yeah, I feel too. like there is stuff there that could have been good, but Genesis sound. Yes. And and early Genesis people, like composers. Yeah. Uh so, not really so, knowing how to use it in a in a way that that works well. Because I I I was I had a good time even though it was rough. Like it was rough around the edges beat him up, but it was fun to play. The final boss when I got that is what killed it for me. I was like, uh, this game's stupid." Like then then all of the flaws really became apparent. Yeah, I had I mind. had some good I had some decent experiences with the game. Like I I wouldn't say that it was like universally a bad experience. Yeah. It was fine. It was functional. It had some cool bits. The magic is really cool looking. Yeah, it is. The, the effects of the magic look sweet. Yeah. And it's kind of neat that the different characters have different magic tiers. So it's like the dwarf isn't a very good magic user. So he only has four levels of magic. And right, the, right, right. The axe battle or sword guy is like average. And then the, the lady, I don't know her name. Tyrus. Yeah. Tyrus Flair. Flair. That's kind of neat. It's, it's like your typical standard fantasy name. <laughs> yeah, especially for especially for someone who is ostensibly a caster. Yeah. Although she if magic. she was a caster, you'd think they could give her some damn clothes. N- no. Like a, a cloak or something. No, she no? is completely. She's basically naked. I mean, to be fair, they almost all are. They're all naked. It's, it's that theming of the, the it's the, the it's the fantasy. Theme. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the, the the I'm blanking on the gentleman that design like the lead designer he said that it was heavily influenced by by conan and was going for that aesthetic and it's like well you definitely you, you achieved it yeah i there's a lot of like sort of 80s uh Cheater? sort of 80s of pulp fantasy fiction like that that goes off of that yes that conan style where it's heavy like, metal all that stuff yeah 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 it's like everybody everybody is in like skimpy bikinis and or loincloths and or you know and they're all ripped and oiled up and <laughs> oiled up is the funny part because it's it's you're right <laughs> i mean it's <laughs> just we'll just say it's sweat yeah they'd be nice and shiny but they are definitely shiny <laughs> they're just glistening every part of their body yeah so yeah it's it's totally that it, it's 100 percent that aesthetic mm-hmm. um Boy, and like I feel like they really tried to make a story happen in this game, and it just did not happen. <laughs> I, I know you you're on a turtle and you you on a bird, which both of which look really cool when you get off them at the end of the next stage. And there's a big face, there's a big animal face next to you. And it's yeah. like, oh wow, that looks weirdly photorealistic. <laughs> yeah, the, the the hawk thing looks great. So like graphically, the game's really impressive. It just wasn't a ton of fun to i some of the you know what is probably the most damning thing i can say about the game what one of the most fun experiences that i had in the game is baiting enemies to throw themselves off the cliff that was it's super rewarding though and i think the reason for that is because a it was funny and b it meant i didn't have to do combat (laughs) you didn't have to do the combat part (laughs) <laughs> that was way more fun and it, it actually makes a lot of sense that i had fond memories of the game too because i would have played it we would have died and then played something else like yeah i didn't care that the game was cheap it didn't matter to me because i wasn't trying to get to the end like, right I, and i like, kind of had like i've played this before i think jesse and i actually even may have, may have played it together for a time we probably played it on like one of the the billion genesis collections yes out there. It's almost almost definitely the 361 yeah exactly um yeah and just had a good time with it and played it until we game over and then we were like all right what do you want to try next 
and and that is where that is where Golden Axe shines. Yes. Just play it till you die and then be done. Don't don't beat the don't 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 beat the final boss. I mean, you will miss out on one of the more enjoyable credit scenes, but that also gets tiresome. I will say also, I'm I'm curious about something from your perspective. Mm, okay. Did you play this before or after the Ninja Warriors? Oh, when Matt and I played it, it was yeah. after. Yeah, I also played it after. And I think that after playing something that is more fully featured and newer and has a, a more sort of rewarding play style and isn't as cheap, a lot yeah. of the a lot of the flaws of Golden Axe come out a lot more because we played beat 'em ups back to back and it was the worst one of the two. But it was also like significantly worse than the one that we had just played. <laughs> yeah. So I think we judged it more harshly based on it being like based on having like a frame of reference right next to it. Well, it's 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 for for me, yes, I think that's part of it. But the biggest thing for me, like like I said, I was I was having fun playing the game. Like I I genuinely enjoyed playing up to the end. Like the last stage is where I was like, "Oh, this is not fun anymore." So it's I think it's a mix of both. Where yeah. The, the game the, got hard by being cheap as opposed to being difficult. And it's also not as good of a game as the previous beat em up that we had played. Now, there, I didn't play them back to back quite like you did. There was there was yeah, like I did a, play them like minutes apart. <laughs> yeah. So that's that would be hard. I don't think I would have enjoyed playing the game at all if we did it back to back like that. We, there was about a like a 15 hour period in between playing them. Yeah. It's like a day, basically. Mm. I don't know. It's it's I don't. I'm not dunking on Golden Axe as a whole because just playing the game casually is chill, but I still think it's sure. a pretty bad game. I think it is a I think it's a game you can have a lot of fun with if, like you said, you play it for, you know, basically one credit, you know? Yeah, yeah you get your three continues and that's it. Yeah. And then, like, maybe jump back into it and do another attempt, but, like... Yeah, try a different character if you want to. Yeah, it gets less fun as you go. I, I think ultimately the beat 'em up genres. Yeah, there's a lot of beat 'em ups that are just night and day better, like night and day difference uh, here. And and I don't think I would ever recommend playing if you have if you have the service. It means you have Streets of Rage. Just play Streets of Rage. Honestly, yeah. Like if if or or buy a new beat 'em up. We just talked about like six, like earlier <laughs> it's in true. this podcast. It's true. There's no reason There's to play two Golden River Axe. City games coming out this summer that will both probably be better than this. I, well, Jesus. <laughs> if they're not, well. I mean, they so basically have to be. If you play Golden Axe, like, the only way to play it is just, 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 just try it out for a bit and then that's it. Don't, don't, don't even, I mean, maybe you'll, maybe you're some kind of savant that, uh, beat him up and you'll have no problem beating the final boss. I don't know. It just annoyed the absolute bejesus out of me, um. Because I had yeah, to do some stupid really, strategy to finish it. It's one thing that's really sad about it is that, like, you don't have a whole lot of options. You have your basic melee combo. You have a couple of jump attacks and you have the dash attack and then there's magic. But magic is limited because you can't, like, recover it over time. You can only get it from the little the little bandit elves mm -hmm. things. <laughs> that drop them at set points in the game. So you there's a literal limit on how much you can use. You know what one of the most the the best part about playing Golden Axe is? There's a song 
it's I don't even remember the song now. I'd have to find out my reference. So when I was when I was teaching the game class, I had a we would do Jeopardy, and at the the bonus round of Jeopardy was I would play a clip of music, like real music mm -hmm. that used samples from video games. And there's mm. a Jay Z song that uses the sound effect from Gold Max that you get in the bonus stage when you're collecting the the potions from the the little sack wielding things. I don't know. Okay. So maybe there's a chance that you'll hear that song someday and be like, hey, I recognize that sound effect. <laughs> I wouldn't say that's the best thing about Golden Axe. That's the best thing about Golden Axe. All right, that's fine. <laughs> no, it's, I, okay, it's not the best thing about Golden Axe. No, because I don't even remember what the song is. I, it, it might be a terrible song. The, the really disappointing thing is that, like, the magic has the potential to be a really cool thing. Like, it's, it's not limited, unusual though. to be... It's not unusual for a beat-em-up to have, like, a screen-clearing attack that is limited. But it, having different tiers of it that do different amounts of damage is really neat, really it's awesome. interesting. It's actually really awesome. And and the animations for them are freaking rad, especially yep. Tyrus's. Yeah, she's the best. Um, But the rest of the game, once you really understand what it's... You would... A really good beat-em-up is a game that gives you a bunch of options and they're all useful in a particular situation. At least some may be more useful than others. You may gravitate towards doing some things more than others, but like there isn't one go-to that you just do all the time. Yeah. And the dash attack in Golden Axe is you very quickly realize the only move that is useful. <laughs> I, I did, I will say I beat the final boss by doing some weird thing where I trapped Death Adder against the left wall. The skeleton was cut near me. I would jump in the air. You get massive hang time. And as you come back down, I would swing my axe and it would hit the skeletons and it would knock them on the ground. So then I would have an, a, a moment to get one or two hits on Death Adder before I had to walk up the screen before someone hit me again. And then I'd repeat that process for like two minutes. So, so you, found, I did, you found a good, you found a good loop. I found a, I found something to do other than just crashing into them with my body. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, That's it, cool. The, like, I'm glad that there were other, like, reasonable solutions to that problem. But I think the, the magic system for me, the part that sucks is that you can't you can't use it and unless you collect the little the little bottles of magic juice. Right. But there's they're limited and they're completely non-existent on bosses. Like, there's no way to get them back. So if your whole right. thing is like, I want to use magic. Well, too bad, buddy. You can use it once. Right. And that sucks. And then, you, like, you can use it once, and it will use whatever you've collected up to that point, and then you have to wait until you hit another... You have to wait till you hit another point in the game where they are, like... You collect enough magics. Yeah, where they are, like, set to spawn, because they don't just drop from regular enemies. They are at, like, specific checkpoints in the game. Where well, it's like, and, okay, and it now you can up, have more magic. Right, and it sets itself up to be, well, don't use it until your max level and save it for the boss. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. So it ruins the whole concept. It's it's sort of a sort of sort of a big bummer. But I mean, you know, what can you do? Uh, you cannot play Golden Axe. You cannot play Golden Axe. You want to know? Have you ever heard of the six pack? At the yes. Genesis thing. So that is how I experienced um, Golden Axe. It's funny. I looked this. I was like, "What games were on the six pack?" And I was like, "Oh, Revenge of Shinobi was on there." That was the one I couldn't remember. Yeah. And it's funny. I never played Revenge of Shinobi. <laughs> I don't think one time I played Sonic and Golden Axe and Columns and Streets of Rage and Super Hang On, but I never even bothered to play Revenge of Shinobi. Someone I, in I, I'm gonna I'm gonna look through real quick because I don't. Oh yeah, okay. So Ellipsis Break, um, 
we were talking about the Shinobi games, I think while I was playing um, Golden Axe and uh, and Ninja Warriors. Okay. Last week. And um, and I briefly mentioned Shinobi 3, wondering if, uh, like, because I assume that Revenge of Shinobi was like Shinobi 2. I think it's Shinobi 1, but it's like a remake or something of like the arcade one or something. So there are like nine Shinobi games. <laughs> okay. Did you look this up? No. Ellipsis, uh, Ellipsis Break did. Ah, all right. Um, so here is the, here, here's the list. All right. In of, order. Of what we're looking at in terms of like the, the Shinobi franchise. There is, th- this is the order. I, I don't know if this is in canonical order, but it, this is in at least release like, order release order i think yeah. all right um so there's shinobi just shinobi which released for arcade and master system okay followed by shadow dancer sure which was arcade followed by revenge of shinobi for genesis okay followed by shadow dancer the secret of shinobi <laughs> Which is not the same game as Shadow Dancer for Arcade, followed by the Cyber Shinobi for Master System, followed by Shinobi for Game Gear, and then Shinobi 2 for Game Gear, followed by Shinobi 3 for Genesis. Also, Revenge of Shinobi in Japan is called Super Shinobi. And Shinobi 3 in Japan is Super Shinobi 2. What? Yeah. Shinobi 3 is Shinobi 2 in Japan? Super Shinobi 2. Cause, so it's Shinobi, and then what we got is Revenge of Shinobi, they called Super Shinobi. And then our Shinobi 3 was Super Shinobi 2 for them. Why did we call it Shinobi 3 at all? I don't know. What the fuck? It is one of the most confusing it's just Kingdom Hearts-esque naming conventions for a franchise I have seen. This is just this is just scream this just screams shit Sega to me. Yeah. It's just I also love that the game here Shinobi is shortened to the GG Shinobi. (laughs) I love that like I love that the Game Gear Shinobi is the only one that actually got a two. Yeah, true. <laughs> and then we jump to Shinobi three because they're like, yeah, it makes sense. And my understanding is that those are all separate games from each other. Like none but of those are ports of each other. They're all separate, different games. But they all feature feature our good boy Joe. Yeah, Shinobi Joe. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and guess that in Japan he's probably not named Shinobi Joe. <laughs> What is it could like name? unless unless maybe it's like J O Joe. Oh. I wonder if that's what it is. Cuz that actually is a name. Yeah. That that could be it. <laughs> I hope it's just Joe. <laughs> just straight up Joe Musashi. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't put anything past them. Why are two of the games called Shadow Dancer? I don't know. I mean, later, did, did, did you see the other game? Then there's just one called Nightshade. Oh, my God. At the end. 
<laughs> like after Shinobi three, there's Shinobi Legends, Shinobi again, just straight Shinobi, sure. Nightshade, and then just straight Shinobi again. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna borrow a bit from. Uh, I'm gonna borrow a bit from uh, from Castle Super Beast about uh, about confusing like reboot naming conventions. Sure. Based on. Uh, you know, based on them just doing the game that's just called Shinobi. Um, <laughs> so have you ever seen you're familiar with the Halloween franchise, right? Yeah. Um, so the um, the canon of like, you know how like there's a lot of 80s, 70s, 80s, 90s franchises that have just been rebooted and they'll just do the name of the, the first one. Yep. So then we have to like put a year at the end of it. Games yes. are doing this now too. So this is like one of the worst examples of this. Of like they them just continuing to reboot the franchise. Yeah, Hall Halloween's got some and, and it's even better because they use the same actress. Or they yes. they have uh, what's her name in a lot of them. Um Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Yeah. So the the fr the Halloween franchise film names up through 2018 because this is where it's the most funny. And again, I heard this on a different podcast years ago and just have not stopped laughing about it since. <laughs> the process is Halloween, Halloween 2, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, That's Halloween really 4, too, The Return of Michael pumpkins. Myers, Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers, Halloween... The Curse of Michael Myers. <laughs> Halloween H2O, 20 years later. Halloween Resurrection. Halloween. <laughs> Halloween 2. Halloween. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Rob Zombie, for really screwing it up there. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> I like that there's probably some sort of content. I bet you there's like a continuity timeline out there to try and help explain all of this. It looks like the Hyrule Historia. The best part is that Halloween 3 isn't even about anything else. So Halloween 3 is like, I don't I don't remember exactly, but I believe it's about cursed pumpkins. And when you put Great. the pumpkins on your head, it sucks your brain out or something. But it has Delightful. nothing to do with Mike Myers or anything so it would it, yeah it would be like the yeah you're right it would probably be like the hyrule historia because this this is just going to be floating on on the side in its own timeline or something right yeah exactly <laughs> oh i don't know God. i i wanted to i wanted to get that out there because like the idea of like there wait being a minute, wait a minute, three hold on. movies in the same franchise and two of them have the same name what, what would be so the last Halloween that you said was Halloween was 2018, which I think was this. Yes. Was, that was like the start of another. Yes. Combo of movies, right? Yes. But isn't it supposed to be like a continuation of the original movie? I don't. I've not seen any of these movies, dude. I just think it's dumb that they. Well, no, but that it's, they it's, rebooted it's, it twice in, in like a 10 year span. But But it's even better than that, because if that's the case, then it would be. <laughs> if that's the timeline, then the timeline for that iteration would be Halloween, Halloween. <laughs> yes. 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 Right? I think so. I don't Perfect. know. I'm pretty sure it'd be Halloween. And then the second movie in that timeline is Halloween. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. 
Yeah, Golden I don't Axe. think there's anything left to say about Golden Axe. Nope. I will. Uh, I'll find some music that's not ear rending. There, okay. There's like a <laughs> just just use the classic Golden Axe tune because there's there's like the 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 thing is you're gonna hear the a Golden Axe song and you're gonna be like yeah that's Golden Axe music it's fine and that's 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 how we'll close out Golden Axe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like. We've jumped over to like Shinobi and then somehow to Halloween movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's because like Golden Axe is like six stages and they're all right. And then the bosses are bad. Mostly yeah, so the final boss. The rest of them are actually OK. Golden Axe. Play any other beat em up or play this one until you're bored with it and then play any other beat em up. You're such a nice person. It's it's not terrible. Play. You know what? Play Alicia Dragoon. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. It's exactly. not a beat em up, but like. I'm just going through this. I'm just going through my discord and it's the like ellipsis had actually played golden axe like slightly or like a little bit before me. Oh, okay. And then, um, and then went on to play golden axe two, and then played Alicia dragoon because he's going through like a big Genesis backlog and was like, Oh wow. That game is good. <laughs> yeah. Alicia dragoon's really cool. So yeah, just go play that. <laughs> <laughs>